You're listening to Music Mythology. My name is Sam Romo, and let's talk about some music. festival uh that was my first introduction to your world right um and uh like what you just said how many vendors do you say you're up to now around 600 around 600 yeah Yeah. and you know that's with all the major manufacturers plus the key you know vintage collectors and buyers and shops in the united states and you know we're very fortunate you know it's the oldest and largest guitar event in the world is it really yeah, and the, you know, the different stages, the four performance stages where, I mean, just about everybody and their dogs attended the show from Clapton to Chet Atkins to, you know, we co-produced the first, you know, Clapton concert in Dallas at Fair Park. Oh, really? You know, the first Clapton festival, the Crossroads yeah. Festival. Yeah, And um, which we were at Fair Park for a number of years. And so we just, we're everything guitar. We love guitars, guys that want to collect them, guys that want to play them. All, every combination of all the above, yeah. the manufacturers showing their latest and greatest. Yeah. Um, on, it, it is, barring COVID it's, in, COVID, it's an international event. I mean, people really yeah. plan their year. There's spectators that, you know, there's a couple that flies in from England, many, mm. you know, and they, they immediately, I, I, the week after the show, I get an email from them every year saying, what are Detsker's dates? You know, we've got to <laughs> plan our vacations. And, and on and on and it just you know it, it's a culture it's a it's yeah. an international culture and i'm very thankful to be a huge part of it yeah so well it's and it's a it's a it's a beautiful experience to see the the possibilities of ever like what we were just talking about the with the the young guns yeah right um that that you could um even if you're young and you feel like you can't even hold up a torch to someone who's been doing it you know longer than you've been alive you can still feel welcome and, and, and plugged in and excited. Well, the thing that encourages us is many of the young kids, the 10 or 20 contest that we mentioned a while ago, you know, it's a competition that people enter a few months out and you have to be between 10 and 19 years old and you can enter from anywhere in the world. And, you know, the contestants that have competed there and won, many of them have been on The Voice and, wow. you know, on and on and on. American Idol, uh, Kingfish, uh, who was just a Grammy nominee yeah. for Stone. Uh, he started with us when he was around 15. Allie Venerable wow. started with us when she was around 14. She's number oh. two on the Billboard Blues charts right now. And wow. she started playing, you know, when she was a young, young teenager. I mean, I can go Griffin Tucker, you know, mm. is on tour right now. I mean, on and on and on and on. Uh, it, 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 Marin Morris entered three times you know she never won but but the point is is we've seen the results of this these kids that have entered and and they've done really well wow in it and um we're just happy to be a part of the whole thing you know what a wonderful opportunity to feel embraced by a community you know yeah and such a large community. I mean, yeah. you think of like the world of music and you just think, oh, it's it's inundating, <laughs> you know, to try and uh, account for everything that could happen or everybody need to know and all that stuff. But to have a trajectory, you know, as a young person or just a goal to, to aim at, that's not just I want to get in a band and work something out, you know, but yeah. to actually have, like what you said, the a scholarship, a $10,000 Yeah, there's a $10,000 scholarship. That's a cash scholarship to the school. They have to go in our school, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> and... um but, you know, when we started, 
1978, you know, I was 24 years old mm. and I was just on fire for playing guitar and, you know, had been on the road and on and on and on and on. I still feel the same way today, That's you awesome. know, when I'm 67 years old. So <laughs> it's, um, it's really, truly a labor of love. So what did you, you know? do for the first one? The what first one? Your, yeah. For the very first one, were you involved? Oh yeah. In working it? Pictures right there. Oh yeah, is that you on the top? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. You can show that picture. You got that, the, we there weren't really guitar stands back then, so there weren't mm. these big displays like there are now. Oh, it was okay. in a small meeting room at at a Sheridan hotel, and we all just kind of put everything leaning on everything else. And yeah, I think I had I about twenty that. pieces with me. And you know, I'd been you know when we were on the road, I would get up and whatever vehicle we were in, I would get up way before anybody else woke up, and I would go to the local pawn shops and mm. look for stuff and. You know, found some cool stuff. And of course, guitars didn't cost what they do today. Mm. So um, it's, you know, whether you look at it as panning for gold or, you know, hustling. looking for stuff in garage sales <laughs> or whatever, it's just been, I enjoy it. It's what I've done my whole life. Yeah. Well, and that's because, um, I mean, I, I grew up on comic books. My dad's like yeah. a big comic book yeah. person. And, and he taught me how to make it, you know, kind of a self-sustaining hobby. Yeah. You know, you find the hot ones at a half price or a garage yeah, sale, yeah. and it's worth $50, and you spend a dollar on it. It's like, now you have, you know, yeah. it's $30 if you can get it to the right store yeah, sure. or whatever. And I'm like, oh, this is how you're always buying books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but to, to do it, and, and like what you said, to, to do that early on with guitars and, and, and catch them, I'm sure you You've, you've found some pretty great things throughout your years. I have, of, <laughs> and I've, I've kept some, and I've, like, I still have the original uh, 68, 69, 1968, uh, 69 Les Paul Custom my mom bought me. I still oh, have wow. Guitar. You know, I still have the original Marshall my mom bought me. Really? And, and never blown a speaker in. That was on the oh, road nice. with. And so I've, <laughs> I've really kept things. I've kept some things, some things I've mm. sold and wish I hadn't sold, mm. you know, yeah. and it's the life of a collection. on and on and on. But, but I'm happy to have some stuff that I've literally had most of my adult life, you know? And so I love it. And you know, one thing here in the store, our goal has been to show the best example of one of everything that we can. Mm. Now this stuff in here is for sale, you know, some of it may be priced that's beyond the normal person's ability to buy, but mm. that's, what collecting is. I mean, mm. there's all levels of collecting, you know? Oh yeah. So it's, um, our goal wasn't really to put a museum together here. It was to put together really an example, all the, of all the desirable, you know, guitars, yeah. you know, in the world. And, you know, that's why we have a 59 Les Paul over there. The reason we've could have sold that numerous times. The reason it's still here is, is because I want you to be able to hold that, in your hands and play it rather than the mm. closest most people's experience is the closest they ever get to a real 58 or 59 less Paul is to play a nice expensive reissue mm. you know sure but yet with us if you walk in here and show interest in that we'll open up the case and put it in your hands and wow really and you yeah you can play it right now you know wow so makes me nervous just thinking yeah <laughs> that's it <laughs> yeah well, that's awesome. Yeah, no, that was definitely the one of the things that caught my eye when I saw your exhibit. Well, yeah. I mean, it was still showcased just like it is now. I but. think we had three there. Oh, really? oh yeah. 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 We had a 58, 59, and a 60. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? That's going to feel like that's going to be a hard question. But uh, My favorites are my some of my personal ones. You know, between those three guitars, I like the 59, but mm. 
you know, it's my favorite guitars are just ones, you know, guitars are like people. It's, you know, what's your history? What's your relationship? Oh, yeah. You yeah, know? yeah. So, yeah. Cause I have, I have a little squire that I don't yeah. know why, but I, I always lean into that one. There you go. It's because it's because you feel the most comfortable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know what it is. It's like my other ones have a, a Sheridan two that I love. The, I yeah. love that guitar, but that squire. It's it's it, it's cool. It's got a little uh, uh, sustaining weight on the top, and it's it's sunburst, and it's got a cool look to it. But I just love the tone. I just I don't know what what about it that I keep going back to. It's it. what inspires you. Musical instruments are meant to inspire you to make music. So. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well. It was hard to not get inspired while setting up in here and yeah. hard not to get distracted. Yeah. <laughs> I think my first few minutes was just walking around, soaking it all in. Yep. <laughs> but um, that's awesome. Uh, how long has your store been here? We opened um, December the 15th, right before COVID hit. Oh, so really? In March the next year. So we were, oh, wow. we were not to open for close to a year. You know? So we've never even had a grand opening yet. Oh, wow. So it's... You know, but the traffic has definitely resumed, and you know we're very thankful to be here. This was originally an old silent movie theater. Oh, really? You know, that was built early on. You can't see any remnant of that now, so it has a history. And I love being in on the square in Garland down here. And I'm from Oak Cliff, but I've lived in Garland for 40 years. So, right. you know, I just like it's very peaceful down here. Yeah. So, yeah, I like Garland. Yeah. Also, I'm yeah. from Oak Cliff too. Oh, really? Cool. Born and raised. Very good. <laughs> very cool. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I went, the church I went to is right down the road from Kimball. There you go. And uh, yeah, uh, love Oak Cliff. <laughs> I went to Glen Oaks Methodist on Polk Street. Nice. Yeah. I know exactly so, where that is. Yeah, Polk and Brook Valley is where I grew up. Nice. Nice. So that's it. So what, um, is there any, this is, I know you're the guitar connoisseur, but out of curiosity, are there any other instruments besides just the electric guitar that you? Well, I love acoustic guitars too. I love the Hammond, you know, in, in the studio that we have next to my house, it's a full-blown commercial-level studio. You mm. know, there's a full B3 in there, Hammond B3, and I love the sound of nice. the B3. You know, I'm not a great keyboard player, but I love to listen to it. Yeah. So that's probably my other favorite instrument. I like, you know, wordless or pianos, and I like the things that kind of, you know, have been the other key instruments and most foundational rock stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of foundational rock, I was also curious. What are your some of your favorite, you know, groups, or what are your? I know what's your. What's oh, your... I love Clapton. I love, um, you know, I really like Clapton. I love Jeff Beck. I'm a huge oh, yeah. Todd Rundgren fan, which most people don't associate him, but he early on was a huge guitar influence. Rick Derringer, hmm. when I was growing up, of course Hendrix. Stephen Stills was, you know, early. Buffalo Springfield, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, which is a huge influence. And I've gotten to play with most of these people. Oh, really? Know? So that's been a, you know, some at the guitar festival, some just from still just playing. And and so I'm very thankful I've had a, I have a great life, you know. <laughs> so it's, uh, but those were probably my earliest influences, you know. Nice. Who, uh, who's someone you think maybe I hadn't heard of before that you really... Love to listen to. You're from Oak Cliff. There was a okay. guy when we were growing up that um, his name was Seed Metter. Okay. And I went to Mark Twain and then Atwell and then Carter. Okay. And he went to Mark Twain and he was in a band called the Werewolves in Dallas. Mm. And he, uh, he passed away very, very young. But he, when Jeff Beck would come to uh, Dallas, he would seek out Seed. And, oh, wow. You know, the first time I uh, ate dinner with 
Billy Gibbons, you know, 30 years ago, uh, he said, so Wallace, he said, so you're from Oak Cliff, right? And I said, he goes, you ever heard of this guy, Seed Menner? I said, yep. And he, Seed was about five years older than I was, which when you're okay. young, that's old. Sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so that's all we talked about the whole night, you know. So he really was this legend. Of, he was like, you know, turbo Jeff Beck. You know, he was, <laughs> yeah. he was amazing. Wow. And he... Uh, there's not a lot about him, very few recordings. He was in a band called The Werewolves when we were growing up. But he was unbelievable, huh. you know. So you asked me if I knew somebody you had never heard of. That's a, my best <laughs> That's answer. A good one. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, is there any recordings of him, like, at all? And this band, The Werewolves, there's, the albums are hard to find, but but um, he was with this band, The, the Werewolves, okay, which sure. Glenn Johns, the first Rolling Stones producer, produced that album. So. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, so there is some stuff, but he just... Anybody you talk to from Oak Cliff will bring him up, mm. you know? So, wow. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. And I grew up, you know, as I, I told you my age. So when I was growing up, um, you know, you said you went to Kimball? Did you uh, I, I went to the church right down the road yeah, from Kimball. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So when I was growing up, um, Stevie went to uh, Kimball and I went to Carter. And yeah. we're on the same first recording together it's got an album called a new high which this is on the internet uh it was kind of a play on getting high in high school and they picked the i don't know six or seven you know most popular dallas bands Mm. and his band was on uh the pick from kimball and my band was the pick from carter oh it's in those albums now they print a thousand of them and they go for five to six hundred bucks i mean it's crazy it's hard to find one (laughs) yeah do you have one sure (laughs) <laughs> well it's only fitting yeah. <laughs> wow that's awesome yeah because i mean i was i mean that's like you know the biggest like local person that yeah. you know is near near he me came to just, the show for years wow you know yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah that's just so crazy because that that always felt so um there's a picture over there on that wall of he and gibbons at the show oh on the far wall yeah yeah you just check yeah. it out yeah it's yeah. like I've, I've been looking around your store for the last I know hour I've been here. A lot of like pictures. There's, of people. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of history. Yeah. yeah, but it's beautiful. I mean, I mean, I don't know. That's I mean, we had um, you know Johnny Winter. One of his last performances was at the Guitar Festival. A oh wow! Before he passed away, I played for years with a guy named Bugs Henderson, who was a really, you know, he was the most famous unfamous person you'll ever meet. <laughs> you know, he, you know, everybody would come see him. I mean, he was. You know, people would come in and just come in to see Bucks and come. They came to Dallas or wherever. And uh, I was still with Bucks. And the last time I talked to Stevie Ray, we were playing in St. Louis. And Bugs was talking to him because we were doing a recording that he was going to be on. They were going to get all the key Texas guitar players mm. on this song called Honky Tonk. And Jimmy was already on it and Eric Johnson, all these people. And so it was the last time I spoke with him and he was talking to me about he goes, man, I got this set of Bill Lawrence pickups like Hendrix used, and that's the last time I talked to him. So mm. it's kind of crazy. Wow. So, well, speaking yeah. of pickups, how did you get into the world of making pickups? You know, we I've always, you know, we build guitars as well. I've always kind of been led by, you know, what is it I want? What would I play? What mm. would inspire me in this? And, you know, when I worked with Gibson, um, you know, Gibson early on did a, a Jimmy Wallace Les Paul in the late seventies, early eighties into mm. the the nineties. And it was the result of 
you know, just trying to be the influence of the original 58s and 59s back into, because they'd made a lot of changes. Mm -hmm. And so the pickup is a key component in, you know, the sound of the instrument. So, you know, I was kind of in the right place at the right time, and we just kind of started, you know, doing our own and, you know, trying to replicate that really warm PAF sound and the original Strat sounds and the whole bit. And, you know, we worked it out and spent a lot of time with it, and it just kind of transpired. Hey, so when did you start manufacturing them? Or About six or seven years ago. Okay, yeah. awesome. I played one guitar with your pickups yeah. on it. Yeah, uh, I'd like to play another one. <laughs> this whole wall. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, I noticed that they're all they're all yeah they're all the Jimmy Wallace edition. Yeah. And those are very popular in Japan. If you oh yeah look in the Japanese publications, yeah. They're they're very, you know, they're very popular. Nice. So, thankfully. So. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and so, you, you, uh, what wall types do you make? Uh, well, we were issued the first licensing agreement in the history of Gibson guitars to make. Oh, really? Things similar to uh-huh. like if you look up there, there's different Gibson type images, you know, and you know we. You know, as I said a couple of years ago, we were issued the first licensing agreement, the official licensing agreement by Gibson to do that. So, yeah, and we have our own designs as well. So we're trying to go more in that direction as well. So awesome, you know, awesome. Uh, yeah, is there anything on the horizon for Jimmy Wallace or the? Uh, we started store? doing some pedals that are fun oh, that nice. we've kind of, you know, right now every one of them goes to Japan. You know, as I said, it's like a whole different. Um, collecting atmosphere yeah for us over there and um i've been going kind of back and forth to japan now for gosh 25 years nice you know it started over there and so i have great relationships there and they're they're huge guitar enthusiasts like we are yeah so it's covid's kind of shut a lot of that down but you know right now we're just trying to build on the shop and enjoy that and yeah and you know all the new ways of doing business on the internet and on and on and on oh yeah yeah. you get more uh uh in-person sales or you know like ebay or online type. probably we don't do a lot of ebay but um we our website you know is very active and you know yeah tons of people come in here but it's you know we we are shipping stuff out all over the world every day that's awesome so yeah that's terrific that's it what uh what pedals have y'all done so far We've done an overdrive uh, that's very similar to um, like some of my favorite pedals. And in Japan, they call it the Jimmy Tone. You know? <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then we just did another uh, pedal that we got kind of in the prototype stage that's kind of a a real um, creamy sounding thing. It's kind mm-hmm. of a halfway combination of an overdrive and a real smooth distortion Mm. You know, it, it's to me, it's a unique sound. So nice. It's good. Cool. Yeah. Do y'all have like a full design or just kind of the tones figured out? Or do you have? No, we have two prototypes. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Nice. You need to check yeah. those out. Um, yeah. So that's awesome. And then, uh, yeah, I guess I was just going to ask any uh, plans yet for the next year's. Oh, festival? yeah. We've already been booking all the acts and you have to book about a year in advance, especially in the oh, whole I'm COVID sure. thing. And, uh, so we, be at Market Hall? Yeah, we're always at Market Hall. Okay, we will awesome. always be at Market Hall. Yeah, the date's next year, April 30th. 
May 1st and 2nd, I think. Okay. Yeah. April 3rd. Right, somewhere in there. I think I'm right. You know? <laughs> it's always the first weekend of May. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Very mm-hmm. good. Well, I'll definitely be there. <laughs> well, you, you should broadcast live from there. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. We'll I, fix you up. Yeah. I have uh, tables mm-hmm. and banners and stuff. And yeah. We'll, we'll put it up. We'll get you fixed up. It'll cool. Good. Yeah. That'd be sure. wonderful. Awesome. awesome. Well, anything else, sir? Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Thanks for coming out. Yeah. Come see us more often. Thank you. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to break down and take a closer look. Yeah, I'm going to let you play that. You know, <laughs> It's all good. All right. Just don't stare at me too hard. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening. For more episodes, visit our website, musicmythpodcast.com. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Goodbye.